All righty. All right. Welcome, everyone. Um, episode 20, I believe. Um, I haven't shot an episode in about three months now, so sorry about that. Um, had to finish up my undergrad, so we're <laughs> graduated. So um, I plan on getting back into this um, to record more episodes within the near future. But my first guest back on, Autumn, how are you doing today? I'm doing good today. How are you? Um, well, like I said, we just graduated. So actually I graduate technically, I walk on Friday, but, um, man, it feels weird to be done. Like, it's kind of weird, like not having any of your schoolwork. I know we were talking a little bit beforehand, but I know you, have, you have a few more assignments to get through. Yep. I've got a, a couple more and then I'm good for the semester. There you go. All this right. Well, to being yeah. Done. <laughs> well, listen, I, I believe in you. You'll, you'll, you'll get that done. So, um, this kind of actually kind of hops right nicely into it. Um, so you mind telling us about for everyone that hasn't that doesn't know you like you know where you're from and your major stuff like that. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm Autumn Weber. I'm from Allentown, Pennsylvania. I actually went to uh, Salisbury High School, which mm. is a little bit smaller. But um, I'm a chemistry and chemical engineering dual major, and I'm a sophomore currently. So soon to be a junior. Wow. And then you've already made your mark pretty much within the chemi, especially the chemistry department. So kudos to you. Um, oh man, Allentown. I'm trying to think. I mean, I'm from King of Prussia, so I know where Allentown right. is, but man, you're far away. Have you been to campus recently? Or are you, you gonna? Um, I stopped up yesterday. I'm actually gonna be doing Circo on campus, so gotcha, okay. I stopped up to get my key, but I'm actually back at home because I'm gonna get my uh, second shot to get vaccinated. Oh, that's awesome. How'd you feel after the first dose? I was pretty good, honestly. I had a little yeah. bit of soreness, but I was lucky. Did you ever have COVID? I didn't Did actually. Okay. I've, I've actually been a bit of a shut in since the whole thing started. Hey, I, hey, no, no problem. No qualms with that. Um, I got the first dose. I, so I had COVID back in like the first or second week of September and I was on, I was, you know, in quarantine for 10 days within my house. It's kind of interesting because I have four other roommates. One of them got it and three of them didn't. So I don't know even know how it's possible. Um, my symptoms included, um, like night sweats and like a fever for like one night. And then I was good. But after I got the first dose, I got the same exact symptoms as I when I actually had COVID. And then people say that the second dose is like way worse, but I didn't experience anything on the second dose. So I don't know, take it for what it's worth. <laughs> Are you worried at all? Um, I was a little concerned because I keep hearing that the second dose is, is the stronger one, but yeah, I figure it wasn't too bad the first time I should be okay the second time. You know, I, I only got it because like, I think there's going to be a point where it's like, you can't get on a plane or you, you can't go to school without the vaccine. So, you know, I was like, you know, screw it. Let's just get it done with. Yeah, no, so. it's it's important for me to get vaccinated because uh, my brother is actually uh, diabetic. So he's mm. definitely an at-risk group for stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I feel really awful if I gave him it. So Yeah, you know. for sure. So good for you. Um, all right. So you said you're good. You're heading down to Widener to do your circus. So for those who don't know, circus is the summer undergraduate research and creative activities, basically a platform for undergraduate students to do the research. So we'll get right into it. So do you mind telling us, you know, what your research is, um, and sure. you know, why that's so, important? Go for it. I, I actually have, um, two research endeavors I'm doing now, but um, one I'm fairly new to. So the, the one that I just started is with uh, Dr. Mafia, who's both a teacher here and at Manhattan. And he actually used to be the head of the chemical engineering department. So he's been doing some research with uh, zeolite catalysts on um, actually breaking down waste plastics into usable hydrocarbons. 
So we're looking at the Catalyst ZSM-5, and um, I'm actually going to be working with him to use the program Aspen Hysis to design sort of a plant process for how that could be done on a full-scale level. So I thought, okay, I was going to say, because I thought it was all, I thought he did theoretical stuff, but is he? Yeah, okay. he, he does. We're, we're partnered with uh, Dr. Gaffney, who's mm. uh, part of the Department of Energy in Idaho, who's been doing and leading some of the, uh, the actual research. I remember him talking about that in one of our process design classes. Um, what is zeal like? Do you know what it is off the top of your head? Like, I know um, it's. Yes. So the easiest way for me to explain it actually is to uh, think of a sponge. Okay. Because it's it's essentially a very very large network of a of molecule or rather one molecule built in a repeating pattern of various sized holes and because of that it selectively allows different molecules in to get catalyzed and they have a variety of different uses in all sorts of fields mm -hmm. but our focus with them is to help in uh, pyrolysis to break down waste plastics. Okay. And so have you, I mean, I know you're new to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So like, is there like current research being done on this? Like, because it seems to me, if you wanted to ask a chemical engineer to come in and kind of upscale this, I would assume that there's already been some research at least done on the micro scale to see that this actually works. You know what I mean? Oh yes, definitely. We have a, a lot of research on the micro scale, Okay. but so far as I'm aware from current papers, Nobody has run anything more than what we'll be doing currently, which is sort of a design or a small scale test. Right. So, so it's I exciting mean, I to be at the, the forefront of that research. Gotcha. Okay. So, okay. So it does work at the micro scale. So now basically what you're going to try and do is, is do that at the macro level, like take in like yeah, a bunch what, of plastics. Okay. Yep. What we're doing is trying to do the, uh, the design of something that can be done sort of at at a much larger level and prove that, you know, it could be done large scale. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with Aspen and Hysis at all or? Um, I am actually, I yeah. had a uh, Dr. Moffy for my thermodynamics course. So he okay. introduced Aspen Hysis a little bit. So, okay. So for the, and now are Aspen and Hysis, I forget, are they, are they the synonymous or are they two different um, programs? So they're kind of within more. Aspen is Aspen actually, so far as I understand, bought out Hysis okay. a while ago. And um, so Aspen is just a host of programs for all sorts of, theoretical design and stuff like that. But right. HISIS specifically is the plant design and sort of like chemical reactions like that, so far yeah. as I'm aware. Yeah, so for for those who aren't aware, so HISIS is a program within Aspen. And basically the program is a, is a computer, it's a computer that allows you to theoretically design chemical plants that chemical engineers use um, within their classes or if they're doing theoretical research. So that's really interesting. Um, now, I know, again, I know you're new to this, but are there certain types of plastic that you guys are looking at or like everything? Um, currently, we're just looking at everything, but mm. I, I know from sort of the, the recent research I've read up on that various plastics work better than others. I know definitely uh, HDPE, high, de high density polyethylene, yeah. I believe, yep, and HDPE, low density yeah. mm both work much better than some other ones. And like, for example, PVC, it mm -hmm. doesn't tend to work well in pyrolysis because of the chlorine, yeah. which uh, makes it very difficult to deal with. Well, I'm excited to see what you come up with. I assume you, you haven't even, has Dr. Mafia made a program at all? Or you guys basically started from scratch. Um, he has, I think the basis of a program, but we're going to work with it and figure out exactly how we should do it because right. we've had debate over how many steps or stages we should have in it. 
and what temperatures we should run things at. So hopefully we'll be able to get the most theoretically efficient plan. What what's in the program? Like what kind of what kind of equipment do you have in there? Um, so far? Let's see. I'm trying to remember. I'm That's sorry. That's fine. And, and you know, also too, real quick. Yes. Is it like solid state plastics? Like, could, are you just like throwing like a plastic bag? Is that how this works? Or do you have to get it like, like how does it um, work? I don't really understand how it works. I don't actually know exactly how we're doing it for ours, but I know okay. in general, it's typically you take solid plastics and they, they normally get ground up or minced before okay. being thrown into the process. But gotcha, yeah, okay. You do start at solids, which is nice. Gotcha. Okay, so you start at solids and then you heat it. You just yep. throw it. You heat you it and then throw it. Throw it yeah, light and then call it a day. Yeah, you you heat it up and then you throw it. Sometimes under pressure, although ours is just being done at atmospheric pressure. Okay. And then at uh, different temperatures, typically around three hundred and fifty degrees Celsius, but perhaps higher. And then you throw in the catalyst, and then that creates various. Um, fuel components. Mm. And one of the interesting things in using the zeolite catalyst, especially ZSM-5, is that you can sometimes get aromatics out of it in mm. fairly large quantities, which is nice. Okay. And then after that, we would have to uh, separate separate gotcha. the um, resulting hydrocarbons out then. But yeah. What I'm curious, to, um, what I'm curious to, to see is what you'll find is like, when you throw it into the program, what you'll get out of it like does is heisis going to know what or do you have to input like do you know exactly what you're getting like or like are there going to be um, byproducts or no we actually don't well we have to kind get of. that from our our separate research i'm i know gotcha, we're partnered okay. with another university i couldn't tell you who they are off the top of my head mm. but they've done research into the process and sort of what components come out of it and then we'll have to do that and tell Hysis what goes in and what comes out. That way we can yeah. figure that out. Gotcha. Well, I'm excited to see what you come up with this. It sounds really cool. Um, I never thought I would do like some sort of chemical engineering research, but um, good for you. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, I, to be honest, I didn't either. Mm. Uh, Dr. Mafia actually reached out to me over email and said he was uh, doing this research and asked if I'd be interested in helping out. So. Yeah. Well, good for you. I, you know, go, go get them. So I'm excited, I'm excited to see what you figure out. Uh, I'll have to bring you back on maybe in the future and you say, we'll, we'll figure out what you find. Um, so what's the second one? What's the second one you got? So my, on? my second research and the, uh, the research that I actually started uh, about this time last year mm. is with Dr. Martin. So we're actually partnered with uh, Tri-State Bird Rescue and Research in order to find the best detergent for cleaning the oil off of bird feathers. So th this might take a bit of background, but that's fine. Listen, so, I got time. So, okay. Um, so essentially in sort of oil spills or whatnot, oil coats all over the bird's feathers. And one of the biggest concerns with that is hypothermia, whether or not you'd uh, think that just by looking at the birds, but so what we'd like to do is efficiently clean the oil off of those feathers and Tri-State had partnered with DuPont to do this about I want to say 30 years ago hmm. it was the, the 1990, 91 trials. And sure. they're looking to get an update on sort of the best um, detergents to use for this. So they gave us, I want to say 20 something unknowns and we've been testing. And the current result of that is that we have three detergents that we believe are the best. And we've been using the, the testing actually just with common oils so far. So if you used uh, various vegetable oils like safflower or olive oil, then we also use mineral oil. 
but the next phase is actually replicating DuPont studies because they use a synthetic blend of oils, which uh, contains all sorts of uh, various and sometimes hard to find hydrocarbons. Uh, of sure. Also, we've got some like endodecane and some octanes, and uh, we've even got naphthalene in it, which uh, oh boy. you might know from mothballs. <laughs> it's It's got quite the uh, pungent aroma, but... <laughs> We're going to be testing with that to see how well that blend works. But we were also lucky enough to get two crude oil samples from Monroe Oil Refinery. Mm. So we'll have actual um, crude oil fractions that we can test on the feathers as well, in addition to using our synthetic blend. Was this all last summer or is this like... So um, up until last summer, we had done all of our testing with common oils. Gotcha, okay. But up until the fall and actually the spring it took us to get the synthetic oils together mm -hmm. but during the fall we did receive the uh the crude oil fractions and i did some initial testing with it okay i'm, I'm gonna try and like i'm gonna follow myself but i'm also gonna try and break it down for like the listeners so yeah definitely. okay so okay so last summer you were you guys were you and your group were handed 27 unknown detergents right yep and you you, I guess you dipped a bird feather in some common oil and then you scrubbed it down with the detergent. Is that? Yeah. So we, we coated the uh, feathers in oil, let them sit. And then we put a little bit of detergent on them, sort of rubbed it up and then rinsed it off. Okay. So, yeah. And then you, so of those 27, three of them worked really well. Yes. We had okay. uh, three that worked definitely the best and in addition to our, we did some testing regarding the uh, weight on the oil, on feathers to see how much of the oil remained. Mm -hmm. But in addition to that, we actually found that a qualitative ranking from one to three gave us a very good idea because um, I can't quite show a graphic, unfortunately. That's okay. But a, like a clean feather looks like you'd expect a normal feather to look. It's very like bright and puffy, but a lower ranked feather actually you can see sort of the oil on it and the feathers sort of unnaturally clumped gotcha okay so when you so you did qualitative research not really necessarily yes we did the the qualitative portion last summer gotcha okay so then okay so then this term i guess you got some synthetic oils a synthetic oil blend Yep. And then you tested those three of them that were successful in the previous trials on those feathers. Yes, that's what we plan on doing for the, um, so DuPont actually had a whole procedure using this synthetic oil blend and a rotavapor and all sorts of other things. So since we couldn't replicate that last summer, we did qualitative testing. And now okay. since we have the oil blend, we're going to repeat what they did verbatim. Gotcha. Okay. Is there a reason why you're, you're are you just replicating it for like, is it kind of for experimental purposes, like saying, hey, look, we replicated this data. It's pretty valid. Yes, you know that's I mean? that's one of the things, because uh, there really isn't much research out there besides the uh, the DuPont studies. Mm -hmm. So we're hoping to add to that body of research by replicating the DuPont studies. But also in them, we found uh, quite a few concerns, including right. the fact that they they added their uh, internal standard for the um, the GC before rotavapping which we found interesting from an analytical standpoint. Uh, Dr. Fisher Drowis actually commented on that particularly. Yeah. So we, we want to repeat their study and validate their findings, but 
also do separate testing on our own to show that there might be an easier way to do this testing because unfortunately one of the big issues with why this hasn't been repeated a lot is that it's very cost prohibitive mm. because getting all of the hydrocarbons isn't exactly cheap so if we can find a better way to do this research and still get valid results we'd be very much interested in that because then more people would be able to do the research easily interesting it's added, it's interesting that they added the internal standard before GC. Um, but okay. Um, for those who don't know, GC just stands for gas chromatography, which is a separatory uh, function for, um, if you had like a compound, you wanted to separate it, you could put it through a gas uh, chromatographer and then they would separate it and it would tell you what it, well, can't tell you what it is, but it does separate it. Well, interesting. Um, cool. So what are like, what are the, so, so this summer you're getting the, you got the crude oil. That's what's going to be done this summer? Uh, this summer we'll be doing the synthetic blend. And I hope okay. to also get to do the crude oil fractions, yes. Gotcha, okay. And so how'd you get into this research? Let's kind of take a step back. Like, what, So what? actually, um, I want to say after we were told that we had to leave campus last spring, the, the day before I had to leave, I happened to be in the chemistry department and I was talking with uh, Dr. Dow and I said, you know, I'd like to get interested in summer research. I'd been thinking about it for a little while. And I was wondering, like, is this something I can do? And uh, he actually told me I should check out the posters and then talk to any faculty that were there. So the first person that I went to was uh, Dr. Martin, the head of the chemistry department mm. at the time. And I stopped at her office and she happened to be there and I just asked what sort of research she had. And then she told me she was currently doing this research and asked if I could uh, be a part of the team. And then, you know, that's how I got here. Man, nice. Did you ever see yourself like doing like, can you even imagine like a year and a half no. ago? Yeah. I, I never had thought this would be where I was at actually a year and a half ago. I, I was thinking I would be very much just chemical engineering and go on the co-op track. Right. But I figured, you know, we got sent home with COVID and like, this was an opportunity to do something. And all I had to do was talk to professors and see if there was a way that I could do it. And professors here, especially at Widener are more than happy to help if you reach out to them. Right. So, you know, I got involved in it and I figured at the time, ah, oh, well, you know, it's summer research. It'll give me something to do and I'll be able to decide if I actually want to be a chemistry major. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm very glad I did it because now I realized that I really love chemistry and that sort of lab work is certainly something I enjoy. That's awesome. I'm really happy to hear that. It's, it's kind of crazy. Like what, what can transpire if you just ask, honestly. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. So uh, what are, what are the, so this summer you're doing circa with, well, two, two projects. It's kind of crazy. Honestly, I get to do like, you'll be in the lab for what a few hours and then I'll probably be in the lab for, for most of the day. And then I'll also work on, um, work in the Aspen Heises. I'm not necessarily sure because um, we're all sort of remote for that project, mm -hmm. whether or not we'll be meeting daily or just weekly like we've been doing. So I figure that the timing on that will hopefully be more flexible, but I do actually hope to work extended hours in the lab again, because it would, it would definitely be enjoyable to work beyond the, uh, the typical scope of Circa, which of course, requires filling out a form so that they know you're allowed to be in the labs late. But yeah. I, I really enjoyed the lab and I'd like to spend a lot of time in that. But since I, I don't necessarily have anything else going on over the summer, I'm more than confident that I can easily dedicate myself to uh, 
getting to research projects done. Sure. What's been like your favorite part about doing research in general? What's been like your least, I shouldn't, well, I'll say it. What's like been like your least favorite thing? My least favorite thing. I don't know, actually. I, I've really enjoyed all of it. If anything, I'd say the fact that every time you do research, you get more research. You know, there hasn't been a single thing that I've started doing research on that hasn't opened like five or six different lines of inquiry afterwards. So it's like, hard to keep track. It's like you open up one door and it's like, there's three more. You got to go down now. Yeah. So there, there are just so many things I'd like to look at. And I know there's not enough time in the world to, uh, to learn everything. So the hardest thing is definitely realizing that there's always more research to do and having to, to pick what you have to prioritize. That's a good way of putting it. What's been like your favorite thing? Uh, my favorite thing for sure has just been the overall experience of it. So for me personally, I enjoy just working in the lab setting. Mm. I found that to be just, it's something I enjoy, but also getting to work as part of a team on things and to apply all of the chemistry that I've learned. So, you know, I had just done general chemistry in uh, last spring, but then I went into the summer and I can immediately apply all of the things that I learned in that chemistry course and I got to use it on something that like I can understand because uh, especially as like a freshman or even as a sophomore, if you're reading the uh, the research posters up in the hallways, sometimes it really doesn't make much sense to you, <laughs> especially not before taking organic, that's for sure. But, you know, being able to be, be a part of research that like I could understand from the get go mm. was really cool, but also just being a part of the team because uh, I worked with James, although he was also doing some macro cycle research with Circa. And um, I worked with uh, Noah, Noah Smeriglio and Tyler Apple on this. And sort of the three of us worked on the research at the same time. So that was really cool that sort of, in addition to just me doing the research, I got to be a part of a team. And we all sort of got together and discussed. And it was nice to have that sort of sense of community and researchers. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, think I, never, I never was able to work within a team for research, but I know... I think one of the crazy things for me is you realize how much you actually do know. Like, it's kind of crazy to think about. Like, when you, because have you done any like um, presentations yet at all? Like, I, I assume you did like Circa symposiums, but I'm... yeah, I presented at Circa and I was also at Anchor, although uh, I didn't really get anyone to visit. So I didn't present for that. But yeah, no, I was also uh, did a presentation for Honors Week. Yeah. <laughs> it was the first one on Monday. That was nerve wracking. Well, how'd, how'd that go? Eh, it went all right, I think. I don't want to bash anchor. I don't want to transpire and I don't want to spiral into that. I'm bashing that. Cause uh, you nah, know, that I, was, that was not, yeah, yeah that was, that ugh. was, that was a little bit sad this time. For yeah. Sure. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about that off, off the <laughs> camera, but um, <laughs> sounds good. um, yeah, I think, I think it's crazy that how much like you're in the lab doing your work and it's like, you're putting this paper together, you're putting a poster together, you're talking to your advisor and then you, and then you have to present in front of people who have no idea what you're talking about or like have no idea what your research is. And it's like, you have to explain it to them. And then you realize how much you actually know. It's like, wow, I actually do know a lot. And I think that's super relieving. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely know? one of the, one of the really nice things is that sometimes you get in this and you start not knowing any of the terms and you learn them all. And then eventually it just, it becomes a sort of thing where you feel sort of like an amateur in the field, but then whenever you have to explain it to people who don't know about it, you it just it's incredible because you yeah. feel like you're you're the you're the uh, in-house expert on that then mm -hmm. let me ask you this we'll pivot here a little bit um any misconceptions that maybe you've heard coming in as a freshman or like or 
maybe as a younger student in general about, you know, chemistry and chemical engineering or has it all been like kind of hunky dory for you? I think most of the things have been hunky dory, although <laughs> I, I would <laughs> I would certainly say that if you're a chemical engineering major and you can get the dual degree, do it. There, there's literally no reason that I wouldn't. And I'd say I found that the chemical engineering department is definitely more reserved. And the chemistry department, while they may seem very eccentric, for sure, they're definitely yeah. really nice and they're always around. So like you'll see them in the hallways in the chemistry department. And if you're a chemical engineering major anyway, you'll be around that hallway anyway, taking chemistry classes. So, you know, it's really nice to have that sort of fostered sense of sense of community there too, that you get with having the, the dual degree. So I'd say, don't, don't be afraid of the chemistry teachers, definitely uh, get to know them. <laughs> Isn't it kind of crazy how, like when you came into Widener, like how much things have changed? Like when you came, like, what was your reason for coming to Widener in the first place? So I wanted essentially something small because uh, my high school Salisbury was very small. I think there were little over a hundred of us in our graduating class. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was used to, uh, to about 20 some people in a class at the most. So it was, it was really important for me to find somewhere that was small and felt good. And I, I know this is, this is the impossible metric that everyone talks about, but no one is really able to quantify is that feeling of sort of when you get onto campus, you kind of have an idea of whether or not, you know, it's going to be a right fit or whether or not it has potential. And I think going onto onto the campus and meeting with some uh, some faculty and whatnot, I kind of got the sense that you know maybe this wasn't perfect for me, but I could definitely find a place here. And the more I've gotten to to be a part of the campus, I found that you know it really is a great place. And in retrospect, I don't think I would have uh, would have liked going anywhere else. That's for sure. That's awesome. That's an awesome way of putting it. I know you're only a junior, but I want to ask this anyway. Like. What do you what do you want to do with your degrees and like wh where do you see yourself after you graduate? So I I hope I'm I'm I not offending you with this, but I actually plan to uh, to get my uh, initial degrees. I think a bachelor and perhaps we'll do the four plus one and get the master's in chemical engineering. Yeah, and I just like me. to go into uh into lab work. So you know I know there are so many outlets to go and and get further chemistry research and be a PhD, but. I really like kind of what I've been doing with circus. So, you know, I'd like to start doing that research. And the, the one thing, unfortunately, that I've heard about all the PhD stuff is that eventually you get relegated to the point of having to, to like manage grants and paperwork and stuff like that. And like, I just, I want to be in there doing lab work. So I figure I'd like to go into industry and start doing that. And then once I'm there, I figure I can always go back and uh, further my chemistry research if I'd like to. Hey, you're not offending me. As long as, what I ask for is you do stuff that you love. If you do that, that's what you can. If it, if it happens to not be chemistry, well, that's all right. You're not offending me. I will say, though, that um, you manage – you have to manage grants and stuff like that if you have – if you're researching under someone who doesn't have like a – who is an associate professor or like isn't like the, the top person, like – if you're researching under like the the head of the chemistry department who already has tenured and like stuff like that, you don't have to really yeah. worry about grants, stuff like that. But hey, if you like doing chemical engineering and you like all that stuff, that's all you. I, I want to stay away from Aspen and Heisis personally. Um, I don't like computer programming, but. Yeah, now my, my dad does a, a lot of stuff. He actually does uh, IT architecture. So mm. I've, I've been familiar with uh, computers my whole life, but. I can I can say for sure. I mean, this is I guess similar to last year. 
this is sort of my testing year for for chemical engineering to figure out how much I like that. But mm. at the end of the day, I definitely want to be doing chemistry stuff. I, I really don't think I could I could stand being behind a, a desk or a chair all day. I, I'd like to be up in the lab uh, doing different things and learning. I mean, I will say there's there's a lot of chemistry that you're doing in your chemical engineering research. I mean, like that. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, a, a, a catalyst that breaks down plastics like that is as bad as chemistry as it can get, really. I mean, so yeah, it's it's really nice to see the intersection because you know, at least for me personally, when I was in high school, I figured, oh, I'll be an engineer. Okay, what yeah. kind of engineer do I want to be? I guess I'll go chemical. And like you know, I didn't really have a good sense of what did water, how they related. And I still, even up until starting this research, wasn't quite sure what a chemical engineer was or what they did. But, you know, it, it's nice to see that there's an intersection between it. And now my my sort of uh, general way of putting it is that chemists do the small scale and the micro and chemical engineers work on taking that and making it more macro. So it's, it's sort of interesting to learn that there's a relationship between the two and that they actually at the basis of it, they both use very important chemistry, which is interesting. Yeah, I think one of the when I was like going to Widener to get my degree and like looking at colleges and stuff like that, one person who put it to me is like chemists work in the science, like they're they're doing research on the micro scale, like you know, and then chemical engineers they'll come in and how can we apply this science? So it's like applied sciences, and it's really the simplest way to put it. But I mean. I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to see what you're going to do. Any advice that you have for like, you know, prospective students or like future students in general? Uh, yeah, the, the, the best thing I can say is reach out, mm. you know, so far as I, I mean, I haven't had a single bad experience and I doubt you will talking to any college as a prospective student or as a first year or anything like that. Just reach out to the faculty, to the staff, anyone. If you have an interest in doing something or you even just want to give it a try, talk to somebody. If they don't know how to do that or how to help you, they'll definitely point you to someone who can. And, you know, it doesn't hurt to give different things a try. And I know teachers are more than happy to help with that. Like I wouldn't be especially a part of all the organizations and clubs I'm on on campus. And I certainly wouldn't have ended up in leadership roles or anything either too. If, if I hadn't just been like, you know, I'll give it a try. I'll see how it goes. And, you know, if I find that I didn't like something, I could always give something else a try. But at the end of the day, you're Good not child. really going to get too many opportunities like where someone just out of the blue emails you and offers to be a part. You have to go and at least ask. And, you know, yeah. if showing up in somebody's office randomly and being like, hey, is there anything I can do to be a part of this is going to get you really awesome opportunities. There's no reason not to give it a try. That's I mean, sure. dude, ninety-five percent of the faculty here at Wider Two will literally like take you in with open arms. Like if you oh, yeah. if you just showed up to the door and asked them. But Autumn, it was awesome having you on the show today. Um, it was really good talking to you. I haven't really talked to you like this one on one, so it was really good yes, getting thank to know you. Thank you for you. having me today. It was really good getting to know you. I'm excited to see what you do this summer. Um, I look forward to, um, you know, seeing your poster, your presentation at the end, and all your results. And they're going to put in the work. Um, to get that thing done. Um, thank you again for joining. Thank you everyone for listening and uh, we'll be back for episode 21. See you everyone.